Welcome to Tanakh Daily, a Congregation Ahavas Torah initiative. Today we are continuing our study of Sefer Shmuel with Perak Yud Ches, chapter 18, which is absolutely brimming with emotion and depth. We open where the narrative just left off. So David just killed Goliath and led a charge against the Plishtim. And Shaul ended last parak saying, where are you from? Who's your father? And he discovers that David is from Beis Lechem, Yehuda. He now perhaps begins to sense that David is going to be a threat to his kingship. We then pick up in our parak where, where we learn that Yonatan, Shaul's son, grows deeply attached to David. He develops a great love for David. And this is the beginning of one of the great platonic loves in Tanakh between David and Yonatan. And it makes sense that these two characters would love one another they are so similar. Yonatan goes to battle against the Plishtim a few prakim ago, just, I mean, virtually by himself, with faith that Hashem can deliver a victory, even uh, a few or just one against the many. And so he's this kind of righteous warrior. And he finds the same thing in David. David, in his fight against Goliath, displays the same virtues. And so the two of them are kind of kindred spirits, and they connect very deeply to one another. But for the very reason that Yonatan loves David, Shaul, Yonatan's father, grows to hate him. Initially, though, Shaul does make David a general. At this point, his need for David in the fight against the Plishtim is greater than his sense of fear. But then, as David grows increasingly successful, finding uh, success after success in accomplishing the tasks that are thrust upon him, Shaul overhears the women in the street. What's the sentiment on the street? The women are, are praising David, and they're saying that Shaul kills enemies in the thousands, but David kills them in the ten thousands. And this, this sense that Shaul has been eclipsed by David, that really sets him off, and he now sees David as a clear threat to his rule. The text tells us that Shaul is once again gripped by this negative spirit uh, of God, which you'll recall seized him from the moment that David was anointed by Shmuel. So the divine spirit left Shaul and rested upon David. So David was previously able to soothe Shaul of these of this sense of dread or terror by playing the harp for him, and we're told now that Shaul is again uh, gripped by this fear and terror, but that. David's playing the harp does not soothe him. And we're told that Shaul's trying to prophesy. Um, he's, he's trying to get himself into an ecstatic state, but he's not able to do so. And David is there trying to soothe him with the harp, and Shaul is continually getting frustrated, and then finally in his rage he throws spears. One spear, and then it seems he does, he does it two times, throws spears at David. But he does not succeed in hitting him. This is a, a pretty dramatic moment. I'm going to come back to discuss it in a little bit and what I think its even broader significance is. But for now, let's just keep moving through the text, the narrative, and, and we'll revisit this in a moment. So David, after this uh, encounter, after this episode with Shaul, gets reassigned. He's sent out of the palace to go and to fight again as a general. And this, of course, backfires against Shaul once more because we learn that David uses this post to grow even more beloved in the eyes of the nation who who have their full confidence in David, who is successful in all that he does. And then Shaul comes up with a, another plot. He tries to uh, undermine David in a different way. He promises Shaul his daughter Merav. So long as David will go and do battle with the Plishtim. It's unclear exactly what Shaul wants David to do in this moment, uh, how it differs from what David has already been accomplishing. But it's clear that it's something uniquely dangerous because 
the, the Pasuk tells us that Shaul wanted to die at the hands of the Plishtim and not at, the, not at Shaul's own hand. So it's clear that Shaul is creating a, a context in which he thinks David will certainly die, but the text doesn't tell us exactly what that is, nor does it spell out the fact that David is able to accomplish whatever it is that Shaul asked him to do, but it's clear that he does, because we're told that the moment comes when Shaul really should have given Merav now to David, so David obviously was successful, uh, but Shaul reneges on giving uh, Merav to David, and, uh, and in- instead marries her off to someone else. And this is really a double reneging, because you'll recall that in the context of the last parak, we were told that Shaul promised his daughter in marriage, her hand in marriage to whoever kills Goliath, which David did. So now David has like doubly been duped of marrying the king's daughter. But sure enough, uh, we then learn that Shaul's other daughter, Michal, loved David. And Shaul again sees this as an opportunity to try to ensnare David. And he says, you can marry Michal if you bring me the foreskins of a hundred plishti men, which is essentially kill a hundred plishti men, uh, thinking that this would finally do uh, David in, but not so. David comes back with 200 foreskins. He kills twice the amount. He offers essentially twice the dowry for David's daughter. And unsurprisingly, this causes Shaul to hate David all the more, though he is now stuck and must give Michal uh, in marriage to David. I want to bring our attention uh, back to that moment when Shaul is throwing the spears at David. Shaul is throwing those spears at David. And there's a machlokas among the commentators, whether David dodges the spears knowingly, or if he's just focused on playing the harp on behalf of Shaul. And in so doing, he kind of dodges, um, kind of miraculously and unknowingly, he dodges the spears. And I'm quite convinced of the latter reading. Why? Because it's the perfect emblem of the entire parak. Shaul throughout this parak is throwing spears at David. He's doing his best to kill and undermine David. And David is just trying to dutifully serve Shaul. David is just playing the harp. And in the end, David ends up coming out on top. The more Shaul tries to hurt David, the greater uh, he, uh, the more Shaul tries to hurt David, the greater that David rises in prominence and success. But David is clearly not doing these things to undermine Shaul. He's doing them to please Shaul out of a sense of duty, and he's doing them in good faith. And with each passing attempt of Shaul uh, to try and hurt David, David just continues to grow more and more beloved in the eyes of the people. In fact, the parak is bracketed by two of Shaul's own children who grow infatuated with David. His own kids grow infatuated. They love David. They're completely taken by David. And now you might think that David was making a, a kind of cunning political move here to befriend the prince and to, and to become uh, engaged to the princess, uh, trying to insinuate himself into the king's house. That's a more wily character might, might do that, might try to gain curry favor with uh, the prince and the princess in order to, to position himself into a, into a place of power. But that is obviously not the case here. In both Yonatan and Michal's case, uh, the two of them are the ones who really are the, are the actors. They are showering love on David. And we don't see David responding at all in this parak. Yonatan loves David and he dresses him in his clothing and he, he's, he's just showering all this love on David. In this parak, we don't see any response from David. We don't see David doing anything in return. And the same is true with Michal. Michal is the only woman in all of Tanakh about whom it is said that she loved a man. 
That's incredible. This is the only woman in all of Tanakh where it tells us that she loved him. It does not tell us that David loved Michal. He didn't pursue her. She pursued him. And David all the while says he's unworthy. Right? We, we don't see any frustration when he gets denied the marriage to Merav. The, the point is that every time Shaul throws a kind of figurative spear at David, uh, he misses. And not because David is dodging them and acting in self-interest and is, and, is, and is cunning. He dodges them because his head is down and he's earnestly trying to play for Shaul. And all of these things are just happening because David's just trying to do the right thing. And as a result of this dynamic, Shaul undermines himself and he vaults David into continued, uh, a continued meteoric rise. Now he is a beloved general in the eyes of the entire nation. He is best friends of the prince and husband to the princess. And indeed, in the words of Shaul's own self-fulfilling prophecy, all that is left for David to gain is the kingship itself. That's it for today. Chazak ve'amatz and happy learning.